Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 156 through 158, which will be covering manga chapters 242 through 244. So, yeah, we pick up where the Straw Hats find themselves in hot water with the White Berets of Skypea for not paying that entrance fee. And now they have to find a way to escape before they face the wrath of God Enel and his priests. So, yeah, these episodes mostly serve as kind of connective tissue for the intros of the arc to the main event. But it's still filled with a lot of awesome moments and really funny ones as well. But, yeah, let's get into the synopsis. So the Straw Hats are in trouble with the law enforcement of Skypea, the White Berets, for not paying that outrageous entrance fee. So instead, they decide to make a break for it. However, just before they can set sail, the Going Merry, along with half the crew, are taken away as hostages to the upper yard as sacrifices, and the remaining crew must go through an ordeal to save them. With that, Usopp, Sanji, and Luffy make their way through the Angel Island on their way to the upper yard, guided by Konis, but something is off about the whole situation. So, as for the differences, there are quite a few of them because they do try and stretch out about three chapters worth of material into three episodes here. So, they extend a lot of scenes, add a few、um, scenes to sort of extend it to fit the whole thing. Most of it comes at the last episode of this trio, the episode 158. So, the scene on the stairs with Konis where she offers to guide them through Angel Island, that is completely added to the anime as. In the manga, it just goes straight to a shot of them already walking through the main road,、uh, lovely road. So, that hilarious interaction with <laughs> Luffy and Sanji, where Sanji's like, stop thinking. That whole scene is added into the anime. And speaking of lovely road, there is an additional scene during that walkthrough of that road where Luffy gets vaulted up into a dial shop. So, that little short sequence is also added for the anime as well. And while in the manga, McKinley is a Pretty big part of that whole sequence. I feel like they play up his involvement even more by giving him a few more sort of smaller scenes and a lot of internal monologuing. So, interestingly enough, Luffy's original refusal to go on the Karasumaru is changed a bit to play up the scenario of these sort of the adventurers always backing out at the last minute, as McKinley had mentioned earlier. But it turns out he just wants a bigger boat. But in the anime, you kind of notice that it's played up a bit more dramatically as it sort of pauses to show that maybe Luffy is scared to go into the upper yard. But in the manga, it's just sort of played off completely as a joke and it doesn't have this sort of dramatic pause. In addition, in the anime, it's Captain McKinley that yells at Konis not to spill the beans to the Straw Hats about this plan. But in the manga, it's just one of the random townsfolk that yells at Konis. I'm not really sure why they changed this as it strengthens. That sort of suspicion that the whole town is in on the plan, and to kind of like hope that they'll send the straw hats to their deaths so that they can save themselves. But it's weird that they gave McKinley this line. I don't really know why.、Uh, maybe to give him more lines. And then there's also this small flashback conversation between Konis and Pagaya that basically says the same thing as what McKinley and Konis has already said about how people will eventually chicken out when they get. The chance to go into the upper yard. And so they have to make sure they get on the boat and that it's their duty, their twisted duty to do so. And so this flashback scene is not in the manga because it's redundant with what the other characters have already told us about being put in this sort of situation where they eventually, those excited adventurers will get scared and actually back down. 
But I, I mean, this is another way that they extend the runtime so that they can fill those three episodes. But in the manga, this scene is literally just a bunch of panels of Konis crying, Pagaya looking very distressed and crying, and then it kind of flashes between different characters' point of views, and there's no dialogue at all. And then finally, the last change this one's a really inconsequential change. But the order in which the gunfall reveal happens is reversed in the anime. So in the anime, we get the scene first of where Konis asks gunfall to return as the god, and we get that reveal that he used to be the former god of Skypea. And then we see the straw hats go off on the Karasumaru all the way to the upper yard. But in the manga, it's actually in reverse where we see the straw hats set out on the boat first. And then the chapter ends with that surprise reveal that Gunfall is the rightful king, or not king, but god of Skypea. And so, yeah, I kind of like, I actually kind of like the manga version better because it kind of leaves you off on a cliffhanger. And so I don't know why they didn't do that here because this was basically the end of the episode too. And so they could have left it off on a really cool, up, you know, cliffhanger. But I guess leaving off on sort of like a optimistic, adventurous moment is also kind of cool too. So yeah, like I said, it's a pretty inconsequential change, but a change nonetheless. Alrighty, so let's get into the episodes themselves. So the White Berets show up in ridiculous fashion by coming in in an unnecessary like, like army crawl. And they now want the crew to pay 10 times what was initially the entrance fee. And they sure as hell don't want to pay that, even even more so than they, than they didn't want to pay the original fee. However, they are more pressingly concerned about finding Nami just in case she found her way to the upper yard and finds herself in danger. However, Captain McKinley constantly tries to charge them with various levels of escalating violations to the point of unreasonableness as Usopp hilariously tries to defuse the situation to prevent any further trouble while also making sure to quell Luffy's desire to go to the upper yard. However, the lengths that Usopp goes to avoiding getting charged is pretty funny as it ultimately builds up to the point where he wants everyone to just go to sleep and do nothing. But then even that, McKinley finds a way to make a crime as, as he charges them with what was it disturbing the peace with snoring or something like that also on a side note if captain mckinley's voice sounds very familiar it's because it's the same actor who plays igaram in the very last arc it's uh keichi sonobe who plays igaram and mckinley he almost makes them sound exactly the same people i mean they're both like military men and yeah it's it's like no attempt to actually sound any different other than the fact that he doesn't go ma 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 nami then arrives just in time to hear that things can be still solved with just paying money but upon hearing the absurd cost she instinctively crashes the waiver into mckinley's face knocking him out it's pretty funny she actually calls herself on this almost like that was a rational response but equally funny is zoro and usopp's gummy hey joke that like it's not normal to respond to something like this <laughs> and so yeah i just love that little cutaway to zoro and usopp nami tries to play this off like it was an accident but they eventually get labeled with a level 5 criminal accusation and get the death penalty they then get an explanation of a punishment where a ship gets sent awash on a cloud and left to die and then upon hearing this robin then deduces that this is probably what happened to that big galleon that came raining down on them a while back pagaya suggests that they treat mckinley and offer to take him to his house and the only reason i mention this is because how they carry him back is just as funny because they're also doing the army crawl again even while he's on a stretcher and even Sanji comments, again with the crawl? Carry him normally. And I, yeah, I just, 
I don't know. It's just like really stupid things like this that always gets me to laugh. Like, or does like sort of absurdist humor never gets old for me? But with this new threat, the crew wants to escape, but Luffy doesn't want to, obviously, reasoning that being in danger isn't anything new for them. I mean, they're always in danger. And it's interesting that when Nami tries to again reason with Luffy, she adds by saying that if they stay, it'll put Konis and Pagaya in danger. But Luffy, pretty on point, explains they haven't done anything wrong. And the people who are enforcing the laws are the ones putting them in danger. And I think this is Luffy beginning to recognize that there's something wrong with the island that's impeding people from living freely, which we know is something Luffy won't stand for and will always fight to live the freest life possible, as well as allow others to do the same. And it seems on the surface that he just wants to stay behind for the selfish reason of wanting to go on an adventure to the upper yard. But I think here also Luffy sees a ruler abusing people's freedoms and kind of wants to also stand up to that as well. Although I don't think for him it goes that deeply, but I think just sort of instinctively that's how he's feeling. But because they take so long to get off the island, the White Berets come back and attack the Straw Hats and we get a cool fight scene with the White Berets showing off how the dials can be used effectively as offensive weapons and the potential they have in combat. And yeah, here we get to see a new move from Luffy called Gomu Gomu no Hanabi or Gomu Gomu no Fireworks where he just sort of twists himself up in a ball in the air and just launches his limb in every direction, nailing anybody near him. It's a pretty cool technique for clearing out a large area of enemies. And yeah, I love how the White Berets use the the dials. I mean, they make them shoot out sort of these clouds so that they can actually skate on them, keeping Luffy off balance. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the dials are used more effectively later on and what other uses that the dials could be for for attacks and new ways to sort of challenge the straw hats in terms of combat. Luffy takes care of the white berets pretty easily. Then we get a short exchange between the crew with Zoro asking Nami how much money they have. And she mentions how poor they are with only about 50,000 berries left. And I love how for a joke, this is where Oda writes Luffy to act like a traditional captain trying to lecture his crew about the irresponsibility of them spending their money. And then Sanji rightfully yells back at him, the majority of the money goes towards Luffy's food. And of course it does, and Luffy's just shocked. I think what really sells this is Tanaka Mayumi's, like, sort of acting in voicing Luffy as sort of this normal person. Like, he's this is the most normal he's ever sounded. And he's talking about the spending of money like an actual person. And then obviously the, we get the, the twist of the joke is the fact that, yeah, all the money goes towards his food. And then we get another joke with Usopp and Chopper where Usopp's trying to play off the fact that he was the mastermind of this sort of strategy to take care of the White Berets to Chopper. And Chopper believing Usopp saying Formation B was a success. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Some of these jokes may get tiring, but for some reason, I never grow tired of these sort of running gags of like Usopp playing off their successes as if he had masterminded the plan or Luffy acting serious when it comes to certain things and then in reality he's the cause of the problem yeah none of those jokes ever get old for me and I don't know I don't know if, if that's the case for everyone but for me it just never does after being promptly defeated Captain McKinley threatens them now that they've done it and the priests of the upper yard will judge them and one funny detail is if you look behind the episode title card of episode 157, you can see the white berets crawling backwards for some reason off screen. And it's, it's a really small detail. 
But it's so funny to see that. Like, why don't they, if they're going to crawl, why don't they turn around and crawl back instead of crawling backwards? It's just so inefficient. Now that they're wanted criminals, Nami really wants to escape and get back down to the sea while Luffy wants to go explore the upper yard. Konis informs them that there is a way down if they reach a place called Cloud End. However, as they get ready, Sanji, Usopp, and Luffy head back to the house to prepare food and supplies for their journey home, but the remaining crew members head towards the Going Merry. There's some fun exchanges that show us more of their personalities as Nami is desperately trying to get everyone to agree with her about leaving Skypiea. Zoro obviously doesn't care one way or the other and just doesn't want to get involved. Then Nami turns her attention to Chopper trying to threaten him into agreeing with him and then Zoro, again acting like the big brother to Chopper, defends him by saying, leave him alone, <laughs> which is really cute. But then it's followed by an even cuter scene with Chopper after he cleverly uses his growing and shrinking powers of his devil fruit to get on board the Mary. And Robin mentioning she was just about to drop the ladder for him. And then he just kind of sits there all cute saying, whoops. But yeah, again, I love these small interactions with the between the crew and sort of seeing the different dynamics, especially with, you know, with the newer crew members, you know, Chopper and Robin. We've seen plenty of the other original five members sort of interacting with each other, but I love seeing the sort of development between the two newer crew members, especially Robin, be, you know, being this is the first real arc that she's been a part of as a crew member. Next, we get an interestingly weirdly composed shot where Nami is thanking Konis for their hospitality, but it's just this weird Dutch angle with Konis's upper half of her body completely obstructed by the camera. As she says bye, they don't show her face to sort of make the viewer start to feel instinctively uneasy. You don't quite know why, but based on how this sort of shot is composed, something just feels off, in, even if you don't really realize it. It's pretty, it's pretty smart, um, I guess, directing like shot composition. But that coupled with the scene following with Robin making a smart observation about how she's a bit suspicious of whether this actual road that guides you safely back down to earth even exists. Reasoning that if such a thing existed, shouldn't there be more people that made it back from the Sky Islands? And with that, there's also a shot of Konis looking back kind of somberly. It gives us sort of this ominous feeling that something is really off and could Konis be lying to them? At least that's what went through my head when I originally saw this moment. Oh, and also to sort of bookend this scene, I never actually noticed this joke upon my first several times watching this or reading this, but there's a joke of Nami ordering Chopper to use his heavy bonus to lift the anchor up and Chopper hesitantly correcting her that it's heavy point and then, and then Nami just snapping back at him angrily. It's like, poor Chopper. Suddenly though, the ship gets taken by a giant lobster to the upper yard to face the heaven's judgment, leaving Luffy, Usopp, and Sanji behind. And that little bit with Sanji being shocked and concerned after seeing the ship attack is pretty interesting <laughs> because his biggest concern was not the fact that his crew was in danger, but the fact that Nami had now put on a shirt again covering her bikini top. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I'm if it's getting tired or funny to see Sanji sort of in this perverted mode, but <laughs> It is pretty... I, I got a laugh out of that scene. Pagaya then explains to the remaining three that they're now in the midst of the Heaven's Judgment, and this consists of an ordeal and sacrifice, with the Mary and the crew as the sacrificial hostages, with the remaining three having to go through this quote-unquote ordeal through the upper yard against those four guys that Nami ran into earlier, who we now know are referred to as God Enel's priests. 
With no choice, the remaining three decide to go after the Mary and the crew to save them. It doesn't really need to be said, but I always just love seeing Luffy's absolute confidence in his crew to survive, as well as his own ability to save them. Like, he's not concerned at all. And I think, I mean, really, with Robin and Zoro, with them, I wouldn't really be all that concerned either. So, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to see that, that Luffy's confidence in his own crew never wavers. And with that, once we get to episode 158, we get our first real clothing change for Sanji, and to a lesser extent, Usopp as well. So Sanji is wearing this, in my personal opinion, a really ugly pink tropical shirt. What's even weirder is he's wearing these, like, shorter pants with his usual dress shoes and his ankles exposed, and this entire design looks so strange. Like, I don't hate it or anything, but I do think it's easily one of Sanji's worst costume designs in the entire series. And yeah, I've never really been a fan of this look for Sanji. Oh, and then Usopp's now wearing an undershirt underneath his overalls. That's the only change for him. As the trio set off towards town to find a way to get to the upper yard, there's this really funny interaction where Sanji asks Luffy a series of questions about how they're going to get to the sacrificial altar. And Luffy just silently stares at Sanji for like a good while where everyone is frozen in place. For, I, it had to have been at least like 10 seconds of literally just them staring at each other, which is funny in and of itself. And then Luffy lowers his head to think. And at that point, Sanji yells him, quit thinking, like as if he's never given any thought to like how they're going to accomplish any of this. And there's just something about the way uh, Hiroaki Hirata screams. It's so funny. And the fact that Luffy only thinks about the destination but never even gave it any thought until it's pointed out to him that they have no idea how to get there is funny. Almost as if he was reminded to do something so basic by someone. And this joke is then called back a few minutes later too, which is, and it's still funny. And then this is where Cornish shows up to offer them to guide them to a boat and show them the way that they need to go. But Cornish looks visibly distressed and Luffy catches on to this. And now, you know, and I mentioned this in the difference section, but I don't like the way that this scene is inserted here because it basically spoils the reveal that there really is something up with Konis. And, you know, it's, it's not something that's like majorly surprising. I mean, if you catch all those little other sort of nuanced scenes you definitely can catch on that Konis is there's something up with her but it's a little bit more of a surprise in the manga because they don't have this like added in scene that sort of treats you like an idiot and hits you over the head that a betrayal is coming it still kind of catches you off guard like you know something's up with Konis but with this you really you really there's no doubt anymore and as they walk through the town they come across a statue made of rock or dirt and Konis explains that it's made of something called Verth which is clearly just Earth with with a V in front of it. <laughs> very very uh, original for Oda. But just as we thought from a religious standpoint, because Earth material is so foreign and rare for their sky society, it's considered to be sacred and otherworldly. And this is another added point to add to Robin's hypothesis earlier about how it's not as easy as it sounds to get up and down from the sky islands. Because if it was that easy, more Skypeans would probably have attempted to go down and collect Earth if it you know, if it was this valuable and sacred. But anyways, they make their way to the docks and we see all these cool gondolas with Luffy especially taking a liking to this huge one with this bull figurehead and a big-ass dial on the back for propulsion. But as they make their way to the end of the dock, it's revealed that the one Konis is offering them is this tiny, silly-looking one with a derpy crow figurehead called the Karasumaru. And Karasu is just crow, so in the English translation, it's called the crow. 
but it looks more like a, a resort getaway boat <laughs> with a shade umbrella. But yeah, it's pretty funny that this is what they're going to use to adventure into this dangerous forest. And this is probably one of my favorite types of comedy that Oda uses in One Piece. The sort of unexpected dramatic juxtaposition of something dramatic and then subverting it with something really stupid or silly. It never fails to get a laugh out of me. Although upon seeing this, Luffy's disappointment and refusal of the Karasumaru is just so on brand for him. But then there's Sanji beating him for not appreciating Konis' generosity. However, it's here Luffy does notice that something has been off about Konis the whole trip. And he points out that she's been sort of afraid and shivering the whole time. It turns out Konis has felt very pained and guilty about reporting them. And she was the one that called the Super Express Lobster to take them away. Because if the citizens don't do as the god wills it, he'll kill them. But deep down, she knows that the Straw Hats are good people and don't deserve to die. So she pleads for them to run away. So yeah, I know this scene is a pretty dark scene. But this is probably one of my favorite scenes of this this set of episodes. And I love this moment for so many reasons. First off, it's a relief to know that Konis and Pagaya were in fact actually real friends and good people because I personally got attached to them really quickly and I and I like them as characters. It also shows just how brave and kind Konis actually is. She knows the Straw Hats aren't criminals and aren't bad people, so she makes the heroic choice to defy God and El, putting her own life at risk to save these people. And it makes you love Konis even more, but then the awesome moment is when it shows you a shot of Luffy's furious face shaded in shadow lines. You're made to initially think that Luffy is angry at Konis for betraying them and putting his own crew in danger, but we all know that's not true and that's not how Luffy's going to react. But it is, it is an interesting shot because it kind of gives you a little bit of a glimmer that maybe Luffy might actually be pissed because it is concerning his crew's safety. But Luffy is actually angry because he and the other two now realize that Konis has made a grave mistake in telling them that. With all of them in unison yelling at her in concern over her life more than anything because of the dangers that they're about to face, there's just something so amazing about these moments where the Straw Hats show their selflessness and disregard for themselves in an effort to help those weaker than them. I mean, even Usopp here is just as concerned about Cornus as the other two are. And even though he himself is pretty terrified of going to the upper yard, but like, but Usopp, like every member of the Straw Hats, is a selfless hero. And when it comes down to it, he will still put others first. Which is another thing that's often overlooked about Usopp from all the haters that, yeah... Usopp may be a coward, but he pretty much will always stand up for those weaker than than him, just like all the others. But yeah, this scene always gives me chills because it represents how we would all want to be in a situation like this. But what we expect is how most of us would actually react in anger and betrayal. But what we get instead from our heroes is a selfless and compassionate act for others. And yeah, I, you know, I would like to say that I would respond this bravely in this type of situation. But yeah, I think the w- the reason why this scene works so well is because most of us regular people would probably be angry at Konis and we would be thinking about ourselves. But what makes this scene so cool and why we love the Star Hat so much is because they don't even second guess that. They immediately go to concern you know concern over Cornice's safety but if that wasn't cool enough this scene isn't over yet however after this reveal it's too late as NL is already about to launch that big light attack that he did on that one random dude when he was trying to beg Nami 
Luffy tries to save Cornice, but it's too late. It's just too big, and the music here is so damn epic as Luffy is desperately trying to run to save Cornice, but it appears the attack is too big for Luffy to outrun, and what's left is a big-ass crater with Luffy and Cornice nowhere in sight. But at the last minute, Gunfall shows up to save Cornice and Luffy, and I mean, just... This is one cool reveal after an- another. And I like that even though he mentions he has to make a living by charging people for helping them, he's constantly giving free services to everybody, which is a nice character building trait as it shows that he in fact is a hero as well. Regardless of whether people can pay him or not, he'll still help. And later we get the reveal of why this is as Cornish pleads for him to come back as she reveals that Gunfall was the original ruler or god of Skypiea before he was overthrown by NL. And yeah, I told you Gunfall is so awesome. I absolutely love characters like Gunfall. And not to be too spoiler, but this isn't even his coolest moment. Gunfall is so awesome, like... Oh, I can't wait to talk more about him. But anyways, he mentions that he'll take Konis somewhere safe from NL and asks Luffy now that they know the truth about Skypea and NL's power, what are they going to do next? And true to Luffy, he doesn't even care about any of the politics of the island nor how strong NL is. All he cares about is his crew, and if anyone gets in their way, he'll beat the crap out of them. With that, Gunfall wishes them luck and leaves. And undeterred, Luffy, Sanji, and reluctantly, Usopp grab the Karasumaru and head into the upper yard, which is where these episodes will end. But before we bring this podcast to a close, we have a new ending to talk about. The new ending theme called Faith by Rupina again. This would be her second ending theme in a row as she just sang the previous song, Free Will. And Faith is almost just as good as Free Will. I I don't know. She just has this like really beautiful voice and great sound. And unlike Free Will, Faith has this really upbeat and warm feeling to the song, centering around the theme of having faith and not giving up on distant love, which fits what's happening in the series at this moment very well too, as this is the first time they've really been separated forcefully, not knowing whether each other you know, how they're doing. But like Luffy keeps mentioning he's got faith in his crew and they're going to be okay until he gets to them. The animation that accompanies the song is v- it's pretty generic, but it's pretty beautiful at the same time as we see some still shots of each character floating across the frame in front of some really bright patterned backgrounds. But one notable thing here is that we get to the yet-to-be-revealed new outfits of Zoro and Robin's Skypea outfit changes with his dark blue tank top and Robin's yellow top and white hat with her maroon pants. Overall, yeah, I really like this song, and it's one that I like revisiting, and I don't really often skip this ending theme. Anyways, now that we have the opening prologue or intro of the Skypea arc finished, starting next episode, we can start getting into the adventure part of Skypea. So it'll be fun to talk about what awaits them in the mysterious upper yard, as well as what God NL is like. If you enjoyed this, please send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. You can also check out my Instagram and Twitter account at SunnyGoPodcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. No spoiler section today as there really isn't too much to talk about. So yeah, I will bring this episode to a close. Thank you for listening and I'll see you later. Bye.